Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Kia ora, and welcome to Elemental from RNZ. I'm Alan Blackman from the Auckland University of Technology. And I'm Alison Balance. And in episode 91 of our romp around the periodic table, we are up to the only element whose name starts with the letter V. And I am very excited to find out about vanadium, because as is so often the case, I am completely ignorant about this particular element. (laughs) Well, this is an intriguing tale of Model T Fords, Big batteries and sea squirts. Uh, Alison, before you get too excited about a bit of biology, let's start with some chemistry. Okay. (laughs) So, firstly, the name vanadium comes from the Scandinavian goddess Vanadis, which apparently is another name for the goddess Freya, and uh, she was associated with war, death, love, sex, beauty, fertility, gold, and magic. Pretty much everything, then. Yep, I agree. That's very varied. Just getting some V's in here and pretty much covers all bases quite nicely. Can we please have the very important vital stats? Okay, so the elemental symbol V, the atomic number 23, and that makes it a transition metal, indeed a first row transition metal, sort of up there to the top left-ish of those metals. Now, vanadium is possibly the only element on the periodic table to have been discovered twice. Mm -hmm. So let me explain. So back in the year 1801, the Mexican mineralogist Andres Manuel del Rio discovered vanadium compounds in samples taken from a Mexican mine. So he was busy studying these. He thought these are pretty cool. They were multicolored compounds. And that was his problem, because compounds of chromium are also multicolored. So Del Rio thought that he had a new element. So just to check, he gave these compounds to a French visitor. The French visitor forwarded them to Paris. They got analyzed over there, and sadly, erroneously, as it later turned out, they said that they were chromium compounds. So poor old Del Rio thought he was onto something and got told that he wasn't. And then in 1830, the element was rediscovered in Sweden, again, by Nils Gabriel Sefström. And he found that cast iron made from iron ore mined in a particular part of Sweden varied in its strength. And he isolated a minor component of the cast iron and he identified it as a new element, which he then called vanadium. And yet another chemist, Friedrich Wöhler, showed that this was in fact identical to Del Rio's supposed chromium. So who actually gets the credit then, the uh, Mexican or the Swede? In the reference books I looked at, Del Rio actually does get his due, which is good to see. Well, nice to see Mexico get a mention. (laughs) Now, so we finally agreed it was an element in its own right, and Mm -hmm. 
then what did we start doing with it? <laughs> As with many metals, we alloyed it, and it was found that vanadium makes steel both stronger and lighter, and so that's going to be good. So this led to vanadium's widespread use in the gears and axles and crankshafts and indeed the chassis of the Model T Ford. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> And nowadays around about 85% of all the vanadium produced does in fact go into steel and that gets used in armour plating, uh, jet engines and the usual sorts of applications that require strength coupled with lightness. And this was actually known a long time before it was proven I guess. There was a thing called Damascus steel which was used sort of back in the Middle Ages for making swords of reputed great strength and sharpness. And, in fact, this has been shown in the modern days to contain small amounts of vanadium. So that's what gave Damascus steel its special properties. So vanadium's got all those usual things, lighter, stronger, sharper. Has it got any particularly useful chemical features? Vanadium is one of those few elements, in fact, that can exist in quite a variety of oxidation states, ranging generally from 0 to 5 plus. And this ability makes the element absolutely ideal for use in flow batteries. Flow batteries, which are what exactly? (laughs) These are batteries that are composed of basically two giant vats of solutions which contain different electrolytes. Now, these solutions can be brought into contact through a semi-permeable membrane and electric current flows as a result of this. And recharging the battery can be as simple as using solar power to do this. So what we find generally in these flow batteries is that two very different electrolytes are used. So, for example, there's one flow battery based on zinc species and bromine species, for example. But because vanadium can exist in such a large number of oxidation states, vanadium flow batteries require only two different vanadium species to operate. And, uh, in fact, the largest battery in the world is a vanadium flow battery, and it's being constructed in China for use next year, 2020. And the battery will store 800 megawatt hours of energy. Wow. (laughs) That's a a mega battery, a bit more than I need for my torch. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, just just a little. Um, In fact, uh, that's going to be enough to power thousands of homes. So these are more batteries of the future than of the here or now, and they could be the answer for storing large amounts of energy from renewable energy sources as a way of evening out power supply from, well, lumpy, for want of a better word, sources such as wind or solar. And another interesting chemistry fact about vanadium, for those of you who did school cert science back in the day, you'll probably all have heard the fact that vanadium pentoxide is the catalyst used in the manufacture of the most produced chemical on the planet, sulfuric acid. Which I think we may have mentioned said acid in the sulphur episode. I bet, yes. Now, I'm on the edge of my seat about those sea squirts. And can I explain what they are? So they're no, marine, go ahead. marine invertebrates. That are also known as ascidians, and you generally find them tucked on a rock or something. And no prizes for guessing why they're called sea squirts, because when you poke them, you know the rest. So what have vanadium and sea squirts got in common then? Well, in previous episodes of Elemental, we've talked about the iron and the copper species that are used to carry oxygen in the blood of various species. 
Well, um, sea squirts have very high levels of vanadium in their blood, and their blood is also very, very acidic. They even have a special type of blood cell known as vanadocytes, and they are somehow able to accumulate relatively large amounts of vanadium out of the tiny concentrations you find in seawater. And in fact, one species looked at apparently had 10 million times the background concentration. Lordy, what on earth are they doing with the stuff? <laughs> well, for the longest time, it was thought that uh, the function of vanadium in the blood was actually to carry oxygen, just like those iron and copper species. But now it's thought that it could well be part of a defence mechanism. And sticking with our marine theme, there are some marine algae and seaweeds that uh, utilise a vanadium-containing enzyme called bromoperoxidase. And this forms brominated organic compounds that are also thought to be used in defence. Unfortunately, these contribute an estimated 1 to 2 million tonnes of bromoform and around about 56,000 tonnes of bromomethane to the atmosphere annually. And that isn't good. You might remember from way back in episode 13, bromine, that its compounds are generally not too crash hot for the ozone layer. I'm sure the algae are not sitting there going, oh, we're doing terrible things to the ozone hole. <laughs> They're just going, this is a really good way of defending myself. Anyway, well, you did promise Model T forts and big batteries and sea squirts, and you delivered in spades. Thank you, Professor. <laughs> this has been Elemental from RNZ, and if you'd like to know more, just head to rnz.co.nz slash chemistry. And if you're enjoying this series, then please share it with a friend and let them know that they can subscribe as a podcast wherever takes their fancy. Next time, we are exploring Xenon. But until then, it's bye from me, Alan Blackman. And me, Alison Balance. Modi Ora. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.